Listening, baby. Separate man for themselves, though. I never answer my cell phone. Nodding my head to a bell yeah. tone. It's well known. I sell smoke by the elbow. Hell no, we don't play that. Said the haystack to the needle. Tell your homies to hang back. Palmer and save squares. that for the sequel. Hell no, we don't play that. Said the straight cat to the cage rat. I'm amazed that you could take it. I take it. You finna get paid back. Modern man is a weasel. Not a man of the people. Got a tank full of gas. Got a bag full of diesel. diesel. Got a canvas of easel. I need a bucket of paint. Yeah. They said I wasn't the saint. I said, well, fuck, fuck if I man. ain't. Stupid, dumb, he an imbecile. To be one indivisible. You curmudgeonly critics is to be grudgeonly yeah. cynical. The, crew the homie Max turned me on to this. This group, Palmer Squares, back in the day. My vision blurry in a hurry, so quick to call it a tragedy. Yo, bitch calling me daddy, roll hip, not in a daiquiri, savage term. Roll hip, no. Planet turned to a wasteland since I'm. That's what this song is called. Haven't made any game plan, need to know what it is first. Speak the holiest scriptures. See me holding my dick if you see me posing for pictures. We ain't no Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right. It is Friday. Friday. Uh, what's the day today? The 18th of February. Feb. February 18th. Uh, actually, it just turned Friday. It's 12:15 right now. Uh, fucking PST. And um, yeah, haven't podcast in a while. I don't know. Just that's just been the theme lately. I have. Uh, haven't haven't been able to um and again i almost didn't tonight because i was like okay what am i going to talk about uh i'm solo tonight but you know what you just gotta i'm just gonna keep doing them and if people are listening and they want to listen that's cool at this point i mean i don't even know what i don't even know what i'm doing anymore like i what am i even doing a podcast like i feel I feel silly asking people to be on it at first. Like when I first started the pandemic and stuff, like whatever people were like, okay, like, and I'm sure people will still do it, but now it's just like, I don't know. I feel like lame just being like, Hey, will you be on my podcast? It's like, talk about nothing and have the, anybody be able to access it for all time. And you know, you're going to talk for an hour and I'm sure a hundred percent of every single thing you say is going to be like, cool with you being online forever you know so I realize that now and I realize that you know it's a big ask of somebody to talk and then once you do get somebody that is willing to come on your podcast and talk on your podcast it's like what are the chances they're even going to be good you know um are they going to be able to talk like 
like I'm not right now, like I'm not able to right now, are they going to be able to carry on a conversation? I don't know. It's like, there's a lot of, lot to deal with, but as of right now, I'm just going to keep it going. Uh, whenever I can, there's literally no schedule. <laughs> there's no day I do it or whatever. It's just at fucking random. It's funny. The first year that I did it, I don't know how long I've been doing it now, like a year and a half or something like that. The first year I did it, so many episodes, like probably like that was the bulk of the hundred episodes. And then the second year it's like five episodes, but that's okay. You know what? I have a feeling, I have a feeling in the future, I, I'm going to keep this podcast, this stream going, um, even if I take long breaks or whatever, and eventually I'll get to a place where I can do it regularly and maybe I'll even have a theme at that point or I don't know more guests or different kinds of guests or something at one point I thought like it would be funny or not funny but like it would be interesting to go to like an old folks home and talk to old people because number one they're not doing shit uh and number two like they got mad stories and they'd be stoked probably just to talk to somebody but I mean, COVID right now, everybody's, I, I don't know, like that the COVID burned through the nursing homes and the fucking old folks homes like a wildfire when it first came. That, that was the part of the reason why everybody's freaking out. I think back to it. I'm like, why is everybody, why did everybody get so crazy? And it was because it, it ran through the old folks home and everybody that was about to die, it pretty much killed, um, you know, which is horrible. People died from it, but just from a purely biological standpoint, say we're all a different species or something like a disease comes through and takes out all the weak ones, sick and dying ones. Like, okay, is that the worst thing in the world? I know that's controversial to say, especially in a society that, you know, like we can save premature babies now and babies that would never have been born naturally, like are born every day. So, and, you know, we don't kill our food. We're not around death a lot. So it's like when shit happens, when people die, it's like the worst thing in the world, which it is. I get it. I mean, life is everything. And when you lose it, it's a scary thought because uh, nobody knows what comes after it. But at the same time, it's hard to fight nature. You know, I get we do it with these vaccines and like, you know, birth control and stuff. But as Jeff Goldblum famously said in Jurassic Park, you know, life finds a way and sometimes it's just easier to go with the flow. You know what I mean? Uh, ride, ride out the storm and, uh, things are better on the other side, but you know, human beings, it's human nature to try to conquer nature. It's human beings like to conquer nature all the time or try to, um, you know, and sometimes we actually do it, which is crazy. If you think about it, uh, we're kind of insignificant. Well, you know, in the whole scheme of things, uh, we're just some smart, like, I don't know. We have intelligence. That's what we do have. And, you know, <clears throat> some of us more than others. But anyways, okay, so starting off the show, top of the show, big, big news, big news, big show news. Um the beautiful Layla Bailey, my wife, is pregnant again. Yay! 
<laughs> no, it is very exciting. We we we're trying and we were successful. Yay. Uh no, well. So, I don't know. She's about 20 weeks pregnant right now, I'd say. 18 weeks, 19. I don't even know. It's funny. The first one we were counting the days and now the second one I'm like, "Okay, well, what? How many is she already halfway pregnant? It seems like she just got pregnant." But um I have a feeling that time is just going to like time already is flying now with the one with Justin, our first born. I have a feeling it's just going to get crazy, go into um, turbo mode right now because it already is going fast. Anyways, so yeah, it is going to be another boy gender reveal. It's funny. My wife always talks about how silly she thinks the gender reveal parties are. And, um, you know, anybody who's down for that, whatever to each their own. And I can see it. I can see it being fun and exciting, especially for your first one or whatever. Um, but I don't really like surprises like that. I don't like to be publicly surprised really. You know, it's already a big enough thing going on. You don't got to like burn down the whole forest like that one couple did. But, you know, like I said, it's not the biggest, it's not the biggest deal if you if you do want to do something like that but um yeah I don't know I don't like the idea of like a doctor knowing and then I don't know but anyways yeah another boy we thought it was going to be a girl for whatever reason we were like yeah we have a boy and we think this next one's going to be a girl Layla was saying like it felt way different her pregnancy and stuff um I'll have her on soon or whatever, maybe not soon, but I'll have her on eventually and she'll talk about it. But, uh, from what she said, uh, it's, it was a lot different feeling. And so she was thinking it was going to be a girl. Uh, we had a girl name picked out and then when she got her blood work back, it was saying that there is a Y chromosome, which can only mean one thing. It's a little boy. There's a little penis inside her. And yeah, no, we're really happy. I have an older brother. He's actually almost five years older than me. He's like four and a half years older than me, though. And these two kids, my two kids are only going to be two years apart, which I think is going to be real cool. I think that's going to be really fun. Uh, I remember growing up, I always wanted to hang out more with my brother and his friends. But, you know, I was like five years younger. I was I was like a little kid when they were in high school. When they were in junior high, for sure, I was a little kid. And... By the time I got into high school, I went into ninth grade that same year. My brother had already graduated senior year. So like we just missed each other. So it'll be cool for my boys to be able to at least go to the same school, you know, or whatever. And I think two years is is far enough apart where they can kind of have their own crew of friends, um, but also co co-mingle. I don't know. I just hope they're I just oh man. I hope all the best for my kids and everybody else's shouts out to my co-host, David. He, uh, his son, Theo turned three. Uh, what was that last weekend? Super Bowl weekend. Actually, I think his birthday was on Super Bowl. They had a party, a uh, little, just a little party for, f- uh, family, um, day, the day before Super Bowl. So Saturday and, Oh, man, so many kids, like not so many kids, but it's just funny to see kids are our, our kids. My son was there. 
uh, obviously it's his son's birthday, just other kids running around, playing with each other. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, and it's crazy. The dads are just talking about, you know, the most dad shit, like, oh, bedtime routines and like, oh, you're going to get swim lessons for your kid and that kind of stuff. It's just funny. I don't know. It's, it's hilarious. It's such a trip being a parent. Uh, oh man, I can't even get into it. That'll be for a different podcast when we start talking about kids and stuff like that. I know it's thrilling conversation. If anybody doesn't even have a kid, they're like, oh, okay, well, I don't even care. But I don't know. I don't even care either because it's my podcast. So what else? What else? So also big news. Well, not big news. Big news for me is I started doing online classes because I do have another child on a way. I decided I went after, um, after I graduated high school, I got my associate's degree, my AA, I think it's, yeah, your associates at, uh, LA Valley college in Burbank, which was really positive experience. I love that. I had a couple of teachers that were really cool. Um, one of them was my biology teacher. He was actually my dad's friend growing up. They were friends or actually not growing They They worked together as lifeguards when they were young, uh, in Malibu and Zuma. And so he, you know, he was a family friend. I knew him growing up since I was born. So that was fun. And I'm into biology. I actually one day want to be a biology teacher. That's why I'm going back to school. And, uh, so that was cool. And then there was this other teacher there, uh, that I had for geography which is a class that I wasn't even particularly excited for, but oh my God, this guy, Richard Raskoff, Mr. Raskoff or Professor Raskoff. Jeez, man. He was the best teacher I ever had in my life. This guy. Oh my God. Here, hold up. up. I got to plug in my power. All right. All right. So anyways, yeah. Old Ridge Raskoff, as he was called. Man, that guy, he was like an old guy at the at the time. He's probably like 80 years old. And he just had a passion for just the sciences, the life sciences, whatever. He was so into it. And he was just like, it was that old. He'd probably been, te- I don't even know. He'd probably been teaching for like 60 years or some shit. I don't even know. But like he, and he lived in Woodland Hills, by the way, like right up the street from my mom. So that already hometown dude. But anyways, he was just so passionate about the subject matter and like his excitement was all infectious. That's like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. I want to make kids excited. Um, I don't want the kids to be like, oh, this is bullshit class. Like I'm going to have to get through this shit. I want people to be like, oh man, Mr. Bailey. Ooh, I can't wait to go to his class. It's going to be fun as shit, you know, because <clears throat> that's what this guy's class. He had like a little plane that he'd fly around. Um, like a little, I don't know, two or three person plane or some shit. And he'd always be like, oh yeah, you guys can come out. You can come flying with me. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that shit. But anyways, he would always show videos, um, of like shit around LA and, uh, like, you know, rock formations or like crazy just buildings and stuff. He'd, he'd fly up the coast, you know, it's crazy to think about it. If you have a little plane, you could fly up to like whatever Santa Barbara in like 10, five minutes. It's like everything's real becomes really like accessible when you have a little plane. So he'd fly over to wherever, you know, death Valley and 
shoot over to the beach, the ocean and Catalina. You can do whatever you want. And um, he'd be showing us all these videos. We ended up, I end, I went on some extra cre- credit, uh, like field trip overnight field trip uh, with him and like a bunch of other students. Um, it was dope. I don't know. It was just a fun time. We went up in the White Mountains, which is by uh, by Mammoth Mountain. It's like across the valley. It's like the Mammoth Mountains are in one part. And then across the valley, there's the White Mountains. And then up where we went, we went and saw the oldest trees in the world, the bristlecone pines. If you Google that shit, they look insane. They look like they look like the oldest trees in the world. They're all gnarled and uh, like windblown and stuff. And they're growing just straight out of a rock, like straight rock. There's like a little crack in the rock. And then there's like a, I don't even know how old trees they are. Um, but, uh, okay. So yeah, those trees are 5,000 years old, uh, which is a ripe old age for a tree for anything actually. But yeah, so 5,000 years old. And, uh, it's funny. There's like a full-time park ranger there watching them to make sure that nobody like does graffiti in them or anything. Cause you could imagine like carving your name into one of those. It's probably going to be around for another 5,000 years. Uh, they don't want that. They don't want you even taking anything, not even like a pebble. That's really protected, which is dope. I like that. Uh, hopefully it still is. I went a long time ago. This was back in like 2005. So like almost, almost 20 years ago, but anyways, the trees, I'm sh- I'm sure they're still there looking the same. And also we went up even higher, up the like really high elevation. There was this laboratory, like this high elevation laboratory and these like couple scientists were working there. And they would, it was like, kind of like you got the feeling like you were in Antarctica or something. Cause there was nothing around for miles, miles and miles. And you were way up and they were just like doing fucking research, I guess, man, you better like the person you're working with at that point, because not only are you living and working with them, but there's nobody else around. I mean, nowadays, I guess it's not as bad because there's all the modern technology and social media and stuff. But back then, phew. anyways. Um, I don't even know how I started talking. Oh yeah. So like this, my Valley college was really good, really fun. Two years there. got my associate's degree, did really well. Um, then I went to, I transferred to Cal state channel islands and I was, so I transferred, I was just doing like general ed at Valley and like, I took some psychology classes. I took some other science classes, statistics and stuff like that. Just general ed classes, whatever to get your AA. And then when I went to Cal State Channel Islands, I declared my major as biology, which looking back, I should have just done a different major at that point. I could have done a different major, whatever, an easier one, but I'll get into that later. Because to get your teaching credentials, it doesn't really matter what major you have. It matters what you get your credentials in, but it doesn't really matter what major. You just have to have a bachelor's at least to get your credentials, at least in California, um, to start working as a teacher. Anyways, so so I'm I go to Channel Islands. I go I switch I switch declare my major as biology, and I take general chemistry and physics one and a couple other hard classes like how i think pre-calculus it was a heavy load that for that first time when i went over there and i didn't really do that good because basically it was the time in my life 
I wasn't motivated. It's it's weird. I had just come out of doing the best schoolwork I'd ever done really in college. I or not just anywhere. I at Valley College I did really well because I was really motivated and happy. Um and then I don't know what happened, but when I I was maybe it was just driving because I didn't live near Channel Islands. I lived in Woodland Hills, which isn't that far, especially now I drive for a living. It's like really not that bad, but I, I don't know. I was just, I was not spending enough time on my schoolwork and I ended up starting to fall behind. And honestly, I didn't even want to, f- or no, that was the second semester. The first semester I actually passed, I passed general chemistry. I don't think I passed. I like whatever I did. All right. The first semester, but by the second semester, I didn't do as well. And then I switched to CSUN because I figured it was closer and I'd be able to spend more time, uh, less time like driving around and more time studying and stuff. And I, it's weird. I did okay. Like there were some classes I did really well. I think it was the classes I was more like paid attention to and liked, like biology and the labs. I did really well in labs always because it's hands on, you know? But man, I did, I, I had to take chemistry two and uh pre-calculate or no calculus. And I think I failed both of those. Uh, and then by like the third semester or something, or by the second semester there at CSUN, I just dropped out, but I, I had had, I had all, so that, what is this? So that's like 2000, I graduated high school, 2003, went to Valley, got my AA 2005. Went to uh, Channel Islands. Oh, another thing. Channel Islands had just opened as a school. It had sat empty as an abandoned, fucking haunted, mental, insane asylum for like, I don't know, 20 years or some shit. Or 10 years. I don't even know how long. Since Reagan shut them down. In the, so what is that? Like the 80s? So it sat vacant and then they turned it into a university, a Cal State University. It's actually really nice. I like it. I mean, it's not really, really nice. I've seen some other campuses of other colleges that are fucking epic, but it's in a dope spot. Uh, Camarillo. Uh, It's surrounded by like orchards and stuff. And it's like, I don't know. It's cool, whatever. But at the time, this is one of the reasons I transferred to CSUN also is because at the time they, there weren't even that many students going there. This is 2006, 2006, 2007. And it had just opened up. There were barely any fucking students going there. There's more ghosts there probably than students. And, and as a result, they didn't really have that many classes that they were offering and they would offer the class, right? They'd offer the class. I'd sign up. And a couple of the classes that I really wanted to take, they'd be like, Oh, not enough kids signed up. So they just didn't, they were like, we're not going to be able to do this class. I'm like, what the, is that how it works? But apparently at a brand new college, that's how it works. So I figured, you know what? I'm just going to go to CSUN. My parents went there. Uh, you know, my wife, well, I didn't know her. At the, I don't even No, I didn't know her at the time, but anyways, uh, she, she graduated from CSUN. So I was like, CSUN all the way. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I was, I was real distracted at that point. I, I did manage to pass some classes though. I did pretty well. I did like biology two, physics one and two. I did, uh, I failed gen chem too. I wasn't ever able to pass that at CSUN. I finally dropped out of CSUN and then I was, my parents were like, well, what are you going to do? You know? And I was like, okay, look, basically 
I have all these classes. I'm just hung up on this one class, this Gen Chem 2 class. And it's hard, man. I challenge anybody to take that shit. It's like, it's not easy. It says general in the name, but general chemistry one is like high school level chemistry. Okay. It's hard. It's pretty good and hard. There's a lot of math in it. Gen Chem 2 is real hard. They'll be like, and the lab, again, the lab I did all right. I passed the lab, whatever, but man, I just, I had to pass it with a C too for a biology degree. I had to, I couldn't just pass it with a D. I think I ended up passing uh, calculus with a D. I was like, fuck that. But with, I had to pass general chemistry too with a C or better. And oh man, I was like, let me just take it at Pierce. So I took it at Pierce and I passed. Oh, I passed with a little bit of help from my Indian homie, uh, not Native American, but like the Asian Indian. He was my lab partner and he was a real cool dude. I forget his name, but he helped me. He let me cheat off him in the final and I passed that shit with a C. Boom, bam. So anyways, finally passed that shit. But that was that was like years later at this point. And then at that, at that point, I was like, okay, well, what am I even going to do? You know, like I was already working at other stuff. I was like, I think growing or something. And, uh, that was like the last school I did. Oh no. I remember what I did. I, I was like, cause my brother was a uh, driving an ambulance and he, my brother has worked in emergency rooms for years and drive ambulance. Now, now thank God he's working on a uh, movie sets and, and music videos and commercials and stuff. He's a set medic. Thank God. Cause that job's dope. Luckily that was one real good thing about COVID was the studios needed way more set medics. So whereas before it was real hard to get in any, any, most of the film industry, um, it's hard to get into like that. It's easy to be like a PA or like an extra or whatever. But when you get into the main industry and you're like in a union and shit or whatever, whew, that's, that's pretty hard to get into. Cause it's usually one of those types of things where like you get in, like your dad was a camera guy and gets you in or something, so, you know, whatever. Anyways, or you got to work really hard like Yogi. Yogi, man, I'll have him on sometime. He'll get tell you how hard it is to get up, raise up in that industry. But anyways, he's doing well. So shouts out. Anyways, where was I? Okay, so yeah, whatever. I don't even remember. But basically, I went to school fucking. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember now. My brother was working as a set medic. So, or no, my brother was working as an EMT. He's like, get your EMT. It's He's like, you could get it. He's like, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but he's like, I know you could get it. I was a boy scout. I worked as a lifeguard at a pool. You know, my dad was a lifeguard. I did junior lifeguards at Zuma. So I, I knew a lot about first aid. Uh, so I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, it pays pretty well. Um, it's really not that hard, you know? So I got my EMT at Park college, uh, with my friend, Dan Clark shuts out Dan Clark. And we went all the way at, all the way up. It's funny. I got my EMT. I passed the class. I did the final and passed the class. The only thing I didn't do was go get certified after. <laughs> so that was a waste. Uh, and it's funny, my friend, Dan, who I took the whole class with right before the final, he just dropped out. So we both kind of, well, I, I at least passed the class. I think I could still get certified if I, if I wanted to, cause I have the, the class anyways. And I got all the knowledge. So did Dan though, but then he didn't take the final or whatever. Anyway, so I don't know. I started growing weed after that or whatever, but the rest is history now. Uh, so anyway, so I've always 
it's always bothered me though that I've had all these college classes saved up and they don't go anywhere. I thought they'd maybe like expire or some shit, but no, they don't expire. So I I just had them. So I was man, I was like, man, what am I, what am I gonna do? I, to get back into CSUN, it's a whole ordeal because I was academically disqualified from there. So that that I was thinking I was gonna do, but I had to take classes through one of their satellite schools or whatever, and that's real expensive, but. Luckily, my mom said she'd help me out with the money and there's federal money. I'm going to try to not take out too much in loans. But at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm either going to work at my job where I'm working and I can, I can move up in my job if I wanted to, but it's really like, what do I want? What do I want to be doing with my life? What do I want to do every day for hours and hours? And, you know, my dad was a teacher. I love that atmosphere. I could obviously I can talk. I can talk all day, you know, about whatever. I love talking about science. I, ideally I want to teach biology, but I can teach other sciences whatever, but man, I would just love to be a teacher. So, I, but that was always just kind of like a a dream, you know, or want something I've always wanted. And finally, you know, my wife was like, "You know, we are going to have to buy a house." Uh, and we're having another kid. I have, dude, I have a two-year-old almost. He turns two in May, the end of May, and I got another kid on the way. Like I can't, I can't be fucking around now. Like so. So my wife got her credentials at National University, and uh, which is an online school around here, whatever. It's pretty high accredited university to get. She got her credentials. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to try to go through there, but I think they're better, but they were for what I, what I, for my classes. Cause the thing is, look, I can use my classes that I already have. I can put them towards a degree. It doesn't necessarily have to be biology. In this case, ultimately what I did was I'm going to university of Phoenix. I signed up university of Phoenix, which is also an online school. And, um, and I am going to do environmental science, which is right up. Like, I'm like, oh, perfect. I was looking at the courses and the curriculum and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. I love not only will I be able to get my credentials, but once I get my degree, I'm not I'm, I'm at that point. This is gonna be like probably like a year from now or whatever. I'm not even going to maybe want to be a teacher anymore. Maybe I want to do something with my environmental science degree or something. But I'll have that option at that point. Um. So I'm pretty stoked right now. My class is just my class. One of my, it's like a, you do one class at a time, but uh, each class is like a month or so. Or like this, this one, I think it's five weeks I'm taking right now. It's just the general first start starter course, but man, I'm pretty excited. Uh, it just feels good. It feels good to be working towards something, something real, you know? Um, because like the older I get, life is getting funny because I have like, I'm just thinking I lately I've just, I don't know if it's like, I'm not comfortable in my own skin or something, but I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm just going through the motions and stuff and my mind wanders. And I'm just thinking like, what is this life? Like what, I guess it's like the man's search for purpose or whatever, but man, it really does start fucking with you when you get older and you slow down and you get into a routine, your mind can start to think, like 
what is this fucking game? Like this, it feels literally like we're in some kind of role playing game. It like it. It's just I I can barely understand or explain ex- my experience in life, and I'm gonna have to teach my son all this stuff. Like he's gonna be asking me all these questions, and I, luckily I got Google because man. I mean, I'll do my best to answer him with what I with a, what I know. You know, I'll teach him everything I know, as they say. But geez, there's so much to life I don't understand, and I don't think anybody does. And that's the beautiful thing. That's great. It's good. It's a good thing. But it's also kind of just, man, it could be overwhelming if you let it if you let it fuck with you. You know, like just existence at all, death, whatever. You know, like all that stuff. Just being alive, because like. At, it's it's so strange because there's so much good. There's so much to look forward to. And when I'm just being with my son or just like the nice weather or whatever, your ho- favorite hobby or your pet or whatever you find joy in is just so much cool stuff about life and potential for, you know, the future and stuff. But at the same time, there's like all this suffering and crazy like human nature, human psychology that turns in on itself and like crazy just shit. That's the flip side, the yin and the yang, you know, the dark and the light. And it's not like all duality. It's there's, there's a lot of in-betweens and stuff, but it's just a trip, this ride, this ride we're on. And I forget who said it. I don't know if it was Carlin, George Carlin or, but there was, or like Bill Hicks, but somebody, they were saying pretty much like when you're born, you're, you're given like a ticket to ride. You you get on the ride, you know? And, um, and there's ups and downs and twists and turns, you know, but it's just, you just got to remember it's like a, it's a fucking ride. And it's like a show too. So it's, it's all this big show that you're watching. And, if you're living in LA, I feel like you have a fucking front row seat to the crazy freak show, you know, because I don't know. I've never lived anywhere else. So I I would imagine though, these more smaller, quieter towns that you could at least have a sense of community and like, you know, fall into a routine of like the seasons or whatever. But in LA it's man, it's coming at you. There's all different types of lifestyles over here. Cause I don't know, the farther we get away from, from like, you know, manufacturing stuff and like just people used to go to work at the factory or the, the, the fields or whatever. And now they go, I don't even know what the fuck to people. I honestly, there's so much traffic in LA during the day. I, I honestly don't even know what the hell people are doing. I don't even know what people are doing. Does anybody work? Does anybody work? I know a lot of people are in school, but does that explain all the traffic? Like... It's actually a good percentage. When when school is out, there's like considerably less traffic. But man, there's so many goddamn people on the freeway today. Or not just today, but like ever since after you know, ever since it came back after the COVID, that pandemic. That was another nice thing about the pandemic. It was so nice to drive around. I was delivering. My work was essential. People needed their weed. So I was just going around. I, I don't deliver weed to people. I deliver weed to dispensaries but anyways um yeah i don't know i wrap up that college conversation it's like basically i just wanted to go back always and i'm finally doing it and it's a great feeling and i recommend anything anybody's been putting off for a long time i'd say fucking just 
try to fucking do it. You know, you could always, I could always fail again, but at this point I have motivation, like pretty crazy right now. Pretty crazy motivated, which is a good, which is a good thing. Okay. Should I play a quick little song? Quick little beat real quick. Just a minute, just one minute of it. All right. All right. This song is by Dead Prez, and it's called Hell Yeah. This is actually the second verse, and it's so funny. I was listening to this song the other day, and this dude just talks about how to commit credit card fraud. So I'm just going to play the one verse, but it's fucking hilarious. Dead Prez. Get an ID. The name says you, but the face is me. Now it's your turn. Take my paperwork. Like one, two, three. Let's make it work. Then fill out the credit card application, and it's gonna be about three weeks of waiting for American Express. Discovery <laughs> card, platinum visa, Mastercard. Cause when we was poofed and shit, then we was targets. Now we just walk right up and say charge it to the game. We rocking brand names, well known at department store chains. Even got the buzz in the crew for a few things. Popo never know who's the true blame. Stole after stole, you know we kept rolling. Wait two weeks, report the car stolen. Repeat the cycle like a laundromat, like a glitch in the system. It's hard to catch. Coming out the mall with a shopping bag, we can take it right back, then get the cash. Yeah, get a friend, then do it again. Damn right, that's how we pay the rent. That song is so sick. <laughs> Fucking dead press. They're the ones that made that hip song. It's bigger than hip hop. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, dead press. One thing about music, when it hits, you feel no pain. Anyways, so I did, I started class and this one class, they're talking about, you know, motivation and like one of the writing projects was like, think about a time in your past that you had to overcome like the thought of failure or like when you thought everything was going to be go wrong and then you ended up overcoming it. How did you like, what, what was the, like, how, what tactics did you use to overcome your struggle and challenges? That's what it was like. When when did you have a face a major challenge? But, um, I instantly was thinking about this one time in my life, but I, I didn't write about it, but this one time when I was, I, in 2015, I moved to the state of Washington, uh, Tacoma, to grow weed with my homie who I've known since elementary school. Uh, we grew up together, went to middle school, high school, boy scouts, really close friends. Um, I hadn't been talking to him at that point for like a couple of years or whatever. I mean, we'd still keep in contact, but I talked to his brother and he was saying, Oh yeah. Um, he's moving. He already lived in Washington, my homie. Uh, my homie Jeff, I'll, we're going to do a podcast one day about the whole experience, but real quick, I'm just going to say like, we moved to Washington or no, Jeff already lived in Washington. He was moving, his roommate was moving at the time. So he moved in, he was moving. He wanted to get his own house. He wanted to buy a house and he was interested in growing there. Uh, cause it was legal in Washington medically at the time in 2015. And, uh, his brother was like, yo, I knew that I could grow weed or whatever. I like doing that. And I was 
let's just say between jobs at the time and um I wasn't with my wife. We weren't even, okay, we just started dating, which is the weirdest, weirdest thing how life works. But I just pretty much started dating her, but I didn't know, it wasn't too serious yet. So I got this opportunity. Um, It's that's weird to say. I know she would get pissed if I said that, but it was, I mean, it was like literally we gone gone on one date and um, I really liked her. But at the same time, I knew how to grow weed. It's pretty, pretty much at the time. That's all I really wanted to, I don't know how to word this, but I saw it as an opportunity and my friend was like, listen, we could grow, we could, but we have to build out the whole thing. We got to start from scratch. You know, we, me and him both had like a couple pieces of equipment, but basically we had to build the whole room ourselves, come up with a plan. I didn't know. He didn't know anybody up there. I didn't know anybody up there. So that means I'd have to anyways. So I get up there, we build it all out. We spent in hindsight, we probably spent way too much time and effort and energy building it out. Cause this is a fucking really nice place. And, uh, ultimately we were only able to stay there for like a couple of years, but anyways, so, I, so we build this dope room, took a while building it, spent some money, you know, um, the whole time I was away from my family and friends and stuff. I'm like, but I was committed, man. I was fucking all in. I was working really hard and we got some, we got some little clones, some shitty clones. It wasn't the weed scene up there. They had a lot of clubs or whatever, but like it's nothing like LA. Even at the time, 2015 LA was popping because there was like hundreds of dispensaries because it was just medical. It wasn't recreational yet in either state. So it was just weird gray area market where it was all this weird shit going on. I'm glad I lived through it. One day we're going to have to do a podcast about that too. Like the early days of the legalization. But anyways, so, so like I didn't know anybody up there though. We end up getting some weed and I grew out those little shitty clones. They were all covered in spider mites and stuff. <clears throat> so I grew them out in our little bedroom that we made. I, I turned them into mothers, which means you can, they're basically big bushes that you just keep vegging. You don't flower them. You just keep vegging them out so you can take clones so you can make more plants. And so I did that and I made some more plants and more plants. And eventually we had some pretty good weed. We had a, I don't even remember how much at the time, like four or five pounds, but no, not. I think we had like the first time, like three pounds and the second time, like four pounds. We had like probably up seven, eight pounds or something like that. And it was time for me to go sell it. You know, we got bills, power bills, power bill is expensive. Now they have led lights that are really good. But back then it's funny to say back then, it doesn't even seem that long ago, but 2015, the technology, they had led lights and we were actually using them in our bedroom, but they weren't as powerful as they are right now. Right now they're insane. The new led technology, but at the time, we were working with the HPS, good old thousand watt HPSs, and we had, I think we had like eight of them um, running. So yeah, that's a hefty power bill. So I was like, okay, I got to go sell this shit and got to sell it for a certain price because we need the money, you know. Got to keep the lights on. Got to buy nutrients. I don't know if people understand how f- expensive it is to grow weed. I mean, you do get a lot if you're doing it right, and that's the key. If you're doing it right, if you're doing it, if you don't have all your whole system dialed in you're going to be spending a lot of money and not getting a lot of return. But anyways, we had our system pretty dialed. I guess at one point we got like, uh, got a good amount going, but 
you know, you always run into problems. But anyway, so, so I have the weed, I'm shopping it around and man, all the clubs are just like, yeah, it's good. I don't know. Like we're good for right now. Cause I guess up there it's like a lot of not mafia, but like redneck fucking families and shit that like only deal with each other. And it's like, it's kind of like that here too. But like in LA, there's just so much weed and so much demand. It's like on another level. So like, I don't know, whatever, like you could, you could grow all the, every single person in LA could be growing weed and we'd still need to more. We'd still be bringing it in. Like that's how much weed LA goes through. It's, it's insane. I don't know if it's like being shipped out or, but yeah, it's like, it's probably being shipped all over the world, but like the LA market is fucking insane. But anyways, um, so anyways, Tacoma was pretty good too, but nobody was really buying our shit. And it got to the point where I remember, I remember I was like driving around trying to, trying to sell it at one point and I pulled into a parking lot and I had been trying to sell it. I was stressed out. I was working. I was away from my friends, away from my family. And I had no money because I, all the money I had, I brought up there was like, I think I had like a thousand dollars maybe to my name because I sold my truck, my sweet Ranger shouts out to Aaron. He knows what I'm talking about. I sold that. I got like a thousand bucks at the time or something. Cause it needed some work. I sold it to my mechanic. Actually, that's a side story. The person who I got the truck from was real pissed. Cause he wanted me to sell it back to him and I should have, and I regret it, but whatever. Anyways. So sorry, Chris Tade, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. I'll get you back somehow one day, but it was a good truck. I kind of wish I still had it obviously, but it is what it is. But anyways, I sold it. Uh, got, got like a thousand bucks and then that's all I had. So I really, I didn't have any money. Literally it was like on food stamps and, um, didn't have, this was all my shit. And I was, remember I was just sitting in a parking lot with like a couple of jars of the sample weed. And I felt like I was going to cry. Cause I, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I was literally like, it was the weirdest feeling. I never, I, I felt depressed, depression and shit, but this wasn't depression. It was like, it was like fear mixed with just depression mixed with like just it was I was feeling not good you know but I was like there's nothing I can do I gotta keep working I gotta do this I just you know nose to the grindstone just keep working and this is weed you know it'll sell even if we have to sell it for cheap take the loss and just to keep the lights on you know or anything but I was I was pretty desperate like seriously the next I think of the next day I I drove a little bit farther out of town I wasn't even I didn't even have a car I was driving Jeff's truck we only had one truck it was his truck and I was I drove that so I was driving around all the dispensaries in the fucking town of Tacoma and Puyallup which is like north of Tacoma and then so I go north of Puyallup is it north or south I don't even remember but it doesn't matter Cause I, I go outside. I'm like, I don't even give a fuck. I'm just going to be hitting everything in the, in the vicinity. You know, I was like desperate. I go and there's this dude. I remember it was like, it was like, it was like the bottom floor. It was like this like strip mall kind of thing, two story strip mall or whatever. Bottom floor, like this just wood, wood panel, dark wood panel building. This tiny little dispensary with this one dude working there. One dude. And he just had a bunch of jars out and he's like, what up? And I was like, what up? I got some shit to show you. 
And he's like, oh, this is really good. He's like, this is really good. I was like, yeah, it's, you know, indoor hydroponic. Uh, one thing it, that why it was a lot expensive and really hard to set up was it was fucking organic hydroponic. Like we used Fox Farm organic fertilizer, which anybody who knows anything about hydroponics, it's not as easy to try to do organic hydroponics. I wouldn't even recommend it, honestly. You do one or the other. Do organic soil or do hydroponics with like chemical fertilizers because you can't even fucking test the nutrient. There's a million reasons, but it was really good weed and it was organic. You know, it was clean. We flushed the shit out of it. That was one thing, Jeff, because I was mainly doing the growing. We designed the system together. It was, it was a sick system, man. I fucking have pictures of it, but what, what are you going to do? But anyways, like, he one one his main thing that he wanted to stick to was have it be clean and healthy like this is medicine he literally was treating it like medicine i've always just treated it like i don't give a fuck this is some drugs that i'm selling for money i need it as big as i can get it i don't i'll put whatever chemicals i'll spray it with fucking agent orange if i have to sell it it makes more money but i know now that that's not the right minds mindset for the record but that was historically my my view of it and i think honestly the good thing about uh, legalization is I think that was a lot of growers' mindset uh, back then. Maybe it still is, but good thing about testing weed is they can check for any residue of pesticides or whatever. But anyways, so this dude, the dude at the shop that I went to, I remember he had like some big mole on his face. He's, one of, he's like a smaller dude. One of those dudes where you're like, there's something. he looks like a character in a movie or something, like a... But he was the nicest fucking guy. Real cool guy. I think his name was Steve or something. I think I still have friends with him on Facebook. But anyways, this dude bought all of our shit for the rest of the time that we lived up there. Always. He's like, yeah. Him and actually one other dude. This black dude. Um, fuck, I forget his name too. Uh, I remember it if I thought about it. This, this black dude ran like a shoe store that in the back he was selling weed. So it wasn't even like a legit... Um, that one wasn't even legit, uh, like dispensary or maybe it was, I don't even know. I don't think it was. He was, he kept assuring me it was, but I was fucking assuring him that it wasn't. Well, I didn't ever say anything, but I was like, nah, this anyways, I was selling him wax and stuff. I was blowing wax, butane wax and shit. I was selling that for that. So, you know, we ended up doing, doing all right. And we ran into some problems, like got some fucking, I don't want to go into the problems, do that podcast another time. But like the moral of the story is I was at a pretty low point and I was hope I was losing hope. I was like, what the fuck? You know, like this is not going to work out. And I'm like, I don't really have much to fall back on. I mean, I did. I always have the safety net of my parents at the time my dad was alive. Actually, that was another crazy thing. Cause not too long after that, my dad passed away and I was like, what the fuck? But anyways, um, like, you can, no matter what you're going through, that kind of, that's what they taught me. No matter how bad it looks at the time, that's just at the time that you're in every moment is a freeze frame and it will like, it sounds cliche, but the shit will pass. It's temporary. And as long as you're working at something like I kept, I could have at that time when I was in the parking lot about to cry, I could have started crying and just fucking went home with my tail between my legs and, you know, honestly, my wife, if you asked my wife, she'd have been like, yeah, that would have been better, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm glad that I worked through that shit. 
and uh, came out the other side. Now we ultimately had to move because the, when the laws changed and they went recreational, the law was that you had had to be a resident in the state for like, I think like t- five years or something, 10 years. Either way, none, neither of us had. And so we ultimately moved back to California. Jeff got a house down here. Uh, we, I grew for a little bit with him, uh, sold recreational, I mean, uh, sold medically down here. And that was actually doing pretty well. We started up a new spot, learned from our mistakes at the first spot. I set up like a, I set up less permanent and quicker grow room at the new spot. Cause mainly cause we had to, but also I knew what the most important shit we had to set up was. And, um, we did that for a little bit and, Actually, the whole time I was up, this is a bunch of side tangents, but the whole time I was up there in Tacoma, I was, I got close with Layla, which is now, she's now my wife. So that's a whole nother podcast. I don't even think Layla would ever want to talk about that shit. She still hates that I went up there in the first place, but you know what? You never know what would happen. Like if I didn't, would we get close? I don't even know. We were long distance for like a year or almost two years, I guess, year and a half. And that maybe made us closer. it's it's hard to say it's like it's hard to be like oh you should have done this you know i should have gone back to i should have finished school i should have finished school right that's something i think sometimes but then i think should i because my life is dope right now i mean knock on wood and i I, honestly i pray i've been praying lately i don't even know to who or to what but i just feel like i should be thankful especially if this is some kind of simulation and there is a creator i want him to know like i am fucking happy like I don't take what I got right now for granted. And, you know, my son is perfect. Uh, my wife is amazing. She's my best friend. Uh, my mom is doing all right. And again, like a knock on wood, everything, I just am happy right now. And like, would, would I be here? Like, say I finished school earlier and I met somebody like then or through some job and I'm somebody else. And may, I'm sure maybe I would be happy too, but like, I just, you never know. And it's easy to look back at things and be like, damn, I should have done it this way or whatever. Number one, if you could go back, like say you didn't know and you were just instantly back there and you didn't know about the future or anything, you would do the same shit. You you were the same, like, but anyways, like don't be mad at your mistakes. Just always be going towards the goal and don't get mad at yourself. That was another thing I was reading in this, new class I'm taking they were talking about how like prep you know preparation for how to success success in class and uh, they're saying like you know treat yourself like you're you're you would treat your best friend you know don't be so hard on yourself and that kind of resonated with me I was like damn I can be hard on myself and that's not saying like just let yourself slide on everything but you wouldn't let your best friend either so it's like I don't know that I just read that like a little bit ago. So it's still like knocking around in my head, but it's like, yeah, be nicer to yourself. Like don't, I was like, Oh man, I have failure at school. Like I'm going to try to go back to shit. Ain't going to work out. It's going to be so hard. And honestly, if you just have a different, like I have a different mindset, I kind of decided to change my mindset and like, listen, this is something cool. It's fun and new. Um, I'm able to do it. I went from being like, I have to do this to like, I I can do this. I get the opportunity to do this, learn new shit, meet new people, step outside of my comfort zone a little bit. And I think it's a good thing. 
you know? Um, I know if I stick with it and I work towards work, get, you know, give it my energy and stay motivated. Um, it'll only be positive no matter what happens, you know? Uh, and I think my motivation is pretty high right now <laughs> with my son, man, I could talk about my son. He's doing really well right now. He's, he's big. He's huge. Like I said, he's almost two years old. He's walking or running, walking. He's running around. He's, uh, talking. He's talking a lot and every day, more words, more words and talking and being able to string words together. That's the main thing right now. That's what I'm trying to get him to do, but it's like, it's like I'm trying to get him to do. It goes back with like nature and trying to fight nature. It's like, dude, first of all, the human brain it knows how to develop. It's been doing it for hundreds of thousands of years. Let it do its thing and help it along, guide it, do whatever you can do to make sure that it, you're giving it the best opportunity to grow like a plant, you know, give it the best with the plant. I would try to give it the best atmosphere, grow room, whatever, get it with all its nutrients, uh, good light schedule, fucking, uh, I know it has good genetics. That shit's my genetics and my wife. So it's like, you know, you set it up to do the best it can do. And then you, and then the fun thing about it and as with plants and, and anything else is, is watching them grow. And, uh, and with my son, Oh my God, I'm just really excited. My son, my sons, I can't believe it. My two boys, I don't even know the, the baby yet. And I already am in love with him. So, you know, like I said, I've made mistakes. I, I don't know. I, wherever, whatever I've done in this crazy life, I had, I've honestly, I've had like the most amazing life. I'm I'm not going to lie. It's been sick. Anybody who have ever like known who's listening and you know me, then you probably know, like if we've partied or it's just like growing up in LA and going to the beach all the time and having fun, riding bikes with my friends and getting to be close with my grandparents before they died. And now like, you know, having my mom be a grandma watching her with my brother's kid and my kid, it's just like overwhelming sometimes how good I feel and scary at the same time, because you want to try to protect it and make sure it lasts. And lately I've just been like, wondering what the future is going to look like. What, what is my kid when my kid's 10 years old, you know, um, or whatever, 15 or whatever, like 10 years from now, what is the world going to look like? Uh, is he going to have a fun childhood? Like I did, you know, in the nineties, I don't know, hopefully, probably, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do whatever I can to make sure he does, but man, it's going to be a trip anyways. Okay. So, that was just kind of a random episode. I really didn't talk about anything. I definitely didn't even talk about any news or anything. I honestly started the fucking episode. I had like a couple of news things I wanted to talk about, I guess. I don't know. Not really Russia and the Ukraine and shit. Who cares about that? I love how like everybody's kind of like wise to it now. They're like, yeah, the Russia, man, they're going to invade the Ukraine. We have to go send them ammunition. We got to go send them weapons over in the Ukraine. And we're like, what? Most Americans don't even know where the Ukraine is. We're like, okay, we know it's near Russia. Um, but like, really, it's like, really what? Like they should have, they should have, they should have waited a little bit on this. Let it, let people get over the fucking pandemic first. 
It'd be funny. I bet like soldiers are going to be running into war with like masks on and shit, but I don't know. Uh, I think it's lucky. Luckily we're all starting to be like, even the Republicans are like, what the fuck? Like, is this really right now? Like, uh, let's take a beat, you know, like, but, um, who knows? Who knows? I doubt Joe Biden's even still alive. The fool looks like a fucking corpse. Anyways, we'll talk about that shit next episode. I'll talk about current events and stuff. I'll talk about how I told my mom that I'm thinking that there's no, there was no such thing as dinosaurs and she freaked out. Uh, I'll tell her, I'll tell you guys about her reaction next time. Maybe I'll have her on. I should just have my mom. I can, I, if I can convince my mom to come on, that would be fucking hilarious. Anyways. All right. Well, until next week, uh, let's see. All right. I'm actually going to go out. Uh, so anyways, yeah, in closing, uh, I think it was just a motivational talk tonight, but I'm glad I, I did an episode and hopefully anybody got anything out of it. If you're listening to this far, there's, I'm going to take it out with a quick three minutes, this joke from Patrice O'Neill standup. It's a section of his uh, standup. I think it's elephant in the room is the standup, but anyways. Here, here. With the, I'm trying to like make it so women just like understand a little bit of like just to sympathize. It's like we're we're like sport fishermen. This is what I'm saying. Men like to fish, and sport fishing is different from catching fish for food. You just get it, you get it, you catch it, and you you know you you show your friends. Because you want them to know that you, you can catch fish. You take a couple of pictures so you can show people the fish that you have the ability to catch. And then you release it back into the water. <laughs> but a lot of women in here, you have boyfriends or husbands. You were fish that jump back on the boat. <laughs> and just was like flapping, looking at me like... Hi. Uh, I was wondering if you're gonna be fishing here again next week. Like, <laughs> yeah, for other fish. Get off my boat. Is that how you treat all the fish? You'd be like, oh, god damn. So, I'm sorry, sweetie. You're the last fish I ever wanted to be with. Now you stuck. Stuck with the last fish who was loving you and fighting hard to be on your boat. Then she got comfortable, and now she, instead of doing this, she's like, So we've been together for like a year now. Why do you still have a boat? You'd be like, So what's she trying to say? I can't catch fish no more? Why do you need to catch a fish? She said, I can't catch fish anymore. Because if I lose my ability to catch fish, then you're not going to find me sexy no more. So you got to smell fish on me so that you know I can catch fish so you can act right. <laughs> That's a good point. At that point, I think that women really are. Uh, well, it's probably not all women, but that's hilarious. R.I.P. Patrice O'Neal. That's like, guys, you meet your girl, she was a hoe. Like, had whole, like, she big old booty and this and that. You got to let her do that. Don't start trying to frump her up and get her fat and get her foul. 
because that's why you like her. I don't want no woman that no other guy's trying to I don't want a woman that I can send to the store at 2 in the morning because nobody's going to try to rape her. Like, I go, go get some bread at 3 in the morning. Hey, cut through the alley, bitch, because... Cut through the alley. Because I talk to the junkies. They don't want it. They ain't got, they don't like it. All right. Anyways, everybody. All right. Have a good night. Be well. It's like Friday. So have a good weekend. And hopefully I'll do another one sooner than later. Talk about all that other good shit. All right. Peace out.